This is the CineSnob Podcast. Welcome to episode 215 of the CineSnob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. So, Cody, um, I'm, I'm in a different spot again now. This is going to yeah. be the, fu- the f- this is the final spot. I got to tweak the camera still because there's, you should be able to see the Muppets Take Manhattan up there, but it's a little washed out, so... Yeah, well, like I said, it's, on it's, my end, you're super pixelated, so uh, I don't know if it's going out to our broadcasters pixelated, but uh, yeah. I certainly hope not. Um, I am getting a, uh, a a notice that my connection is unstable, so oh. that's wonderful. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, so uh, I, I, we were talking uh, yesterday. I, I've moved my computer, as you can tell. I'm rearranging mm-hmm. this room. As a result, I uh, had some uh, old hard drives come to the surface, and on one of them, I found a uh, treasure trove of video, as as we've called it, of the uh, show known as Flickr Footnotes, yes. which, if you've been around San Antonio, was uh, formerly a, 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 a Bob Polensky-hosted uh, thing, the late Bob Polensky um you know, yeah. long-time film critic in San Antonio. Sorry, we're getting some uh, some reports that you're pixelated and choppy coming in from Twitch. Oh, cool. Um, well, you know what? Can you can you, uh, let, let me see if I can um, uh, vamp. If you can vamp for a little bit, maybe I can plug in a uh, uh, an audio uh, 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 Ethernet cable. So yeah, I'll do this. Give me a give me a second. Vamp, Cody. Vamp. I'll vamp. Uh, Just answer so what, questions and stuff. Or... So Kingsley says he is a pix, uh, little pixelated. What's up, Kingsley? Uh, yeah. Um, so, um, oh God, now I'm on the spot. Yeah. So these. Are, so I'll just talk about this. So the reason it's funny that this came up this week is that um, this is my this past yesterday actually was the tenth anniversary of my first review at Cinesnob. Oh, he's back. I was I'm just back saying or- that. Hold yeah. on one second. Give me let's let's hope this doesn't die. So give me one second. Let's pray. Yeah. So it is my it was my ten year anniversary of uh, my first review at film uh, a, a film critic review at Cinesnob. Um My first review was for Captain America: The First Avenger. Hey, uh, look! Can you can oh. you see me now? Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Cool. It's still getting. This is, getting a, this the, is our uh, best intro I think we've ever had. On- <laughs> I lost you for a brief second. Um, yeah, okay, we should be good now. This uh, this computer does not like to use Wi-Fi. So mm-hmm. anyway, yes, uh, I heard you talking. It's your it's your tenth anniversary. Tenth anniversary. Your first review. Yeah, it was a uh, Captain America: First Avenger. I gave it a. I think I gave it a B minus at the time. In oh, retrospect, wow. I'd probably bump it up to a B, maybe. Um, but you know, I didn't want to, you know, back then I was, you were a tough crowd back then. Yeah. I was, uh, I was hot shit at 22. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) To be frank, uh, it was probably because you'd only seen it once. That's when you used to like, I have to watch it again to make my final decision. Yeah. And also I think maybe I didn't want to be like a comic book movie. I can't give it too high of a grade, (laughs) but then, but then again, that year I also put the Avengers in my top 10. Um, so, or it would have been, no, but was that, it that year? That, that was the following no, year? Avengers was 2012. Okay. So it was the following year. That's when Avengers you really turned the corner was 2012 on the comic yeah. book movies. Yeah. Um, so as I was saying, uh, we, we, uh, Kiko Martinez, uh, former co-host and of course, Cinesnob f- 
co-founder, uh, used to do this web show with Bob Polensky um, that also aired on WAI-TV, where I worked at the time, and that's how I ended up meeting Kiko. Um, with Bob Polensky back then being in, in failing health, um, he had to leave, um, and I took over um, to bounce idea, bounce stuff off of Kiko. And um, so I found one of the very first recordings we did of that. But then, uh, like, the... This is this was stuff that actually aired on TV, by the way. Uh, there were segments of it that aired on TV for for a while. Kiko and I were on TV in San Antonio. Yeah. Um, I don't know that you were ever part of it when it was on television. I don't think when it that just I moved was. to the web. Yeah, but I, I did find uh, what I believe is the first appearance uh, of you in the video show. So it's you, me, and Kiko. So this is like a proto podcast. Yeah, uh, and I episode. think at this point I don't know you at all. Uh, yeah, we didn't know each other very point. well. I barely knew Kiko. I'd known Kiko for like a year. And I was like, who's this fucking punk ass kid? Uh, well, 22 you, so and you, hot shit. You started off in like a hosting capacity, right? Like you weren't you weren't yeah. reviewing initially, right? No. And then Kiko asked me, he's like, hey, do you, do you know how to write? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so then he's like, well, here. So he he gave me uh, he, my first my first review which has got to be right around the same time as as yours was uh the tribe called quest documentary documentary mm-hmm. uh beats rhymes in life directed by um Michael Rappaport <laughs> um anyway it was a good movie i can't i mean i it's kind of a a subject matter you couldn't fuck up but uh so yeah i'm going to play i've uploaded this to you to our youtube channel so if you want to watch this uh this proto episode of the Cinestop podcast Ugh. it's it's uh it's uploaded to the uh <clears throat> to the uh, Cinesnob, uh YouTube channel. Uh so here I'm gonna play uh I'm gonna share the screen here and can you see that? Yep. The the so here this is the uh, we'll we'll talk over it, but here's here's the intro and, and our introduction and I have not seen <laughs> and this. Our, our 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 immaculately framed shot. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Flickr Footnotes. I'm Jerry Kingery. With me is Kiko Martinez, the Cinesnob. Also joining us again this week is Cody Villafania. Right. I said it correctly this time. Uh, after uh, like 30 takes. After 30 takes, a lot of, uh, a lot of mispronunciations. Oh, it's, we lost it. But yeah, you got, you, there we go. It's, it's choppy. Look, look, you get, uh, you have, the beard really helped you look like a grown-up, I have to say, Cody. I don't think that, I don't think there's any secret to that. I, that, I was clean-shaven, too. Hunger Games fans here, anybody? We were talking about Hunger Games? Where's Monica? Anyway, so, yeah, that's, that's how long ago this was, that it was, it was, like, thick in the Hunger Games. Um, at the end of that, oh, go ahead. I believe at the end of that segment, um, we, so... <laughs> here's here's a nice but, comment here. <laughs> yeah. What is uh <laughs> Cody looks like yes, he's 12. I was, yeah. I was about 22 or 23 at that time. Yeah, um so so this was in uh this was February 26th of 2012. So the movies we review in this episode um are Wanderlust. Okay. Which is uh, uh Paul Wayne. it's Paul Rudd uh yeah, Paul Rudd and uh, Jennifer Aniston, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the first. I think that's the first time I really remembered seeing Jordan Peele in something. Oh yeah, when he yeah, he's when he that. talks about like like shitting and it being connected to the earth and mm-hmm. um, the second movie we review, Cody, a rather infamous one, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Act of Valor. Oh, the, I never uh, saw that. 
Oh, it's terrible. But that's the uh, the one that's uh, the cast is real Navy SEALs. Yeah. And people got pissed off at me for not liking that movie. Um, we also we also mentioned we didn't get to, we uh, we didn't review them. Uh, Tyler Perry's Good Deeds, mm-hmm. and uh, of course Tyler Perry movies never screen. And um, then uh, a movie called Gone with Amanda Seyfried. I don't I'm not familiar with it. Was um, that was no I don't know what that one was. I don't know I don't know either. Um, and the the DVD recommendation we made when we made DVD recommendations was uh, for a. a a movie called Martha Marcy May Marlene, starring mm-hmm. then relatively unknown Elizabeth. Her Olsen. first movie. Is it her very first movie? It's her first movie. Yeah. I know she was in like her sister's videos. That's when we were like, she's the Olsen twin that no one knows or whatever. Olsen sister, and then like, yeah, you now she's huge. Uh, uh, two things. One, I don't think that's our first appearance because in the intro you say joining us again is me. Yeah, I know. Um. I don't know. I couldn't find a video be- from before that. Yeah. Because uh, I, I have... Also... A... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I have like a year's worth of videos uh, on this yeah. hard drive. And I rec- I saved everything from then. So the other thing I wanted to point out, I'm going to share the screen too. Um, much like uh, what Kingsley uh, said, um, uh, we have uploaded this and we have started to get comments and I just wanted to point out that uh, oh, really? fuck YouTube has said was this bring your son to work day uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so thanks thank you fuck YouTube for that comment <laughs> the, uh, also notice in the in the notes um, we gave away tickets to John Carter oh wow and uh, and then uh, we we all predicted the artist would win uh, best picture on the Oscars coming up that weekend. Uh, we were 100% right on that. Yeah. Um, also, I haven't really thought about that movie since then. Um, yeah. that's It's one of those you know best picture winners that, that sort of faded into obscurity after some time. But yeah, this is, this is a super it's, – it's a super strange time capsule thing. And also, like, the funny thing about this is that this episode is, like, 17 minutes long, and by the end of it, we were in, like, the 20s. Like, yeah. it was very strange that we were doing, like, a 20-minute web show for a TV station. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, you know, my, uh, mine and your friend uh, Bob Gambert, who uh, – Cyber Bob, as he was known back then, and I think still is um, – his goal was to just pump content out on the website to try to get video views. And we had, at this point we had been taken off the TV side of it. Cause we used to do Kiko. We used to do a, a three minute segment that would air during San Antonio living on Fridays. And we would air a one, they had a one minute segment we would do on Tuesdays. And, it was strictly because the the producers that was four less minutes of time for them to fill a week, <laughs> so it was a, like a favor. I mean, it and you know it was it was well produced. I mean, that's we had the full resources of um of um of uh the station at the time. Like I think you hear if you watch that clip, you hear um uh uh you hear like the I, it's raw footage like it's just, it's from it's as soon as the recording starts so you hear one of the pas i believe it's a, a woman named kelly uh who's counting us down um you know i talk about uh monica was one of the producers of san antonio living who was like walking through at the time um mentioned the director uh, a woman named kate martin who um 
is was there for years and years and years um and uh it, it's just funny like the resources that were thrown at this thing that was it just was, a- <laughs> it was shocking to me too because like i mean first of all i was scared shitless every week i went in <laughs> and did that <laughs> like you know this is pre-podcast um it was pre-streaming yeah. you know i had never been on camera before and it, it would be one thing if we were just like walking into like this random thing but no we were on the set of the news you know the news <laughs> that i watched every day and stuff like and so you know directly across from us is like literally like the anchor desk and stuff and yeah and, you know we're yeah, we were on the green a, screen yeah we were on the green screen with a row of seats like and, and like there's lights you know from up top and we're and we've got like a professional news camera filming us, and I, I was I remember the first time I stepped in, and I'm like, oh no, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, uh, so yeah, I had been in the biz at this point twelve years, so I was well used to it. Um, <laughs> one of and this is the the funny thing is like you're quite a bit shorter than I and Kiko yes. are. Um, it was like the decision didn't come lightly for you to have to stand on a, an apple box. <laughs> yes. It's a very common thing, and I don't want you to think that that's embarrassing, but it's a very common thing for for talent uh, news anchors. Like pretty much um, every every station I've worked in, there's been like a, 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 a someone who's very very short and someone who's very very tall. And whenever they put them on camera together, like whoever that short person is has to stand on the apple box, and it's mm-hmm. it's just what it is. It's just you know you've seen the picture of the the like the, who's it the baseball player. Who's uh, standing on the Apple box, like talking to a, this female reporter who's very oh. tall? Mm-hmm. It's a famous like meme thing. But anyway, yeah. Um, the the thing was like this was before, um, like budget cuts, like before fun, like so we basically had this full production crew just sort of standing by. You know, it was it was these. Um, <laughs> I, I'm looking at the comments. Sorry, your, your oh. buddy Kingsley asked if uh, you were taller than Tom Cruise or said you're taller than Tom Cruise. I am not. <laughs> okay, well, uh, a boy can dream. But uh, mm-hmm. we had this. We, should, we do. Cr- Tom Cruise and I do share a birthday, though. Oh, happy yeah. birthday to you two! That was just a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah, July third. Much- we we're both July third. Uh- oh, look at you! He's what fifty six, something like that. Oh, something like that, yeah. He's old, I mean, too old to be a fucking fighter pilot in the 59. Navy. Holy shit. He looks 59 amazing. 59 this year. Um, anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So we had this full production crew standing by. So it was just like, hey, you want to use a studio? Fuck it. Let's use a studio. Mm-hmm. So uh, that tapered off later. By the time Kiko and I recorded the last one of those before we were, before I left San Antonio. We were still doing it up until 2015. Um, I mean, it was just, it was like in front of a robotic camera in a room that was like, it was, it was way, way different at mm-hmm. that point. So it was, um, it was a, a, a really, uh, it was a very fun experience. Um, and I'll, I'm going to upload all of them that I have. Um, there's a, there's quite a few of them. There's like a year's worth on this hard drive, uh, basically from, 2011 like late or early from like april 2011 to like the summer of 2012 i believe yeah i feel like i i mean i think i was there doing it for like maybe six months i don't it was not like a super long stretch of time um but i but we probably did it like 
I don't know, 10 times or more with me? Uh, Probably. Yeah, uh, like I said, this was the first one I could find that had you in it as well. So uh, mm-hmm. we talk about it like it's the first time you've, like it's not the first time you joined us, but shit, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if, if we were just me- fucking around or what. Um, it is funny to like like see the reviews of, of things or, or see the, the list of things we reviewed, like just stuff that I forgot existed. Um, yeah. But anyway, might, so... Uh, I wonder if this was the day that, that we met uh, David Robinson... Because I'm wearing the same oh. shirt. No, 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 no. Uh, well, maybe. He was in the studio that day, right? Yeah. Yeah, because there's another time that before that I know that's not the same time. And then there was a time afterward. It may have been. He was there with his kid, right? Because his mm-hmm. kid had like just gone, like been... Um, I think it was. Oh no! It, it was it, his kid was like home for the summer, I think, or like about to go to school or something like that. Yeah, one of his kids. So, I don't know. I don't remember which kid. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, you can watch this on the YouTube channel. So uh, I, I've got two of them up there now. I've got the first one with Kiko and I, uh, and then um, the first one with with the three of us. Wouldn't it suck if those got more views than our current show? <laughs> <laughs> the the thing is like. Uh, they're just they're they don't exist anywhere else like because of the the corporate changes that's the worst part about like there's there's a lot of things but uh when so we worked this was at wai tv which at the time was still um was part of a a station group called newport Mm -hmm. um but we lost the domain when we got the station got sold to Sinclair. And so like that website that existed just was gone. All the content was gone because Sinclair didn't have the infrastructure to I- import anything. So all that shit we recorded was just gone. It's still, there's still snippets of it that live out there. Uh, Cause we used a video hosting platform called um, shit. I don't remember what it was. Something that, that I was able to find clips. Cause we were we were looking there. There was a we used to do this the Spurs roundtable. I don't know if you were ever there for that. Um, I found some old clips of that because one of the guys that we worked with, a guy, a guy named Eric Johnson, passed away a couple of years ago, and he had some really funny appearances on there. So I had to, I was trying to track those down, and it was so hard because the fucking website's dead. Like it doesn't exist, and this video lives in like little chunks somewhere. It's such a weird thing that yeah. like I mean I remember this is not I even that back- long ago. <laughs> I went back trying to find the Flickr footnotes not terribly long ago, and I, I there was nothing, not even a trace. So yeah, um, well, well here they are. Move buddy. On, yeah, uh, before I move on, one more question coming in: uh, Did you come across a movie that you completely reversed your opinion on? Uh, I'm sure it's out there. I mean, I was scrolling through my old reviews recently and written reviews, and I saw that I gave a pretty bad score to Pop Star, the Lonely Island oh, movie. I and, can't believe uh, and that. Now, I love that movie. So um, it's, I'm sure somewhere out there in these videos are some movies that I've changed my mind on. But I, I don't know that, it, that in this time frame of videos there's anything. But I do know that like when I first saw Guardian, the first Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. I, was, I had a splitting headache. And I know that affected my opinion, but I was like, I was ready for it to be over. And then watching it again, I was like, oh, this is a really good movie. Like, it's really well done and, and interesting. Um, I don't know that there's been anything that I like outright hated and then loved, but um, 
something like Starship Troopers probably comes close. Um, I don't know. There's things that I've like, like appreciated more in as my as time has passed, but I'm not sure. It's a good question, Kingsley twenty eight. We'll think about that. Um, okay. Any, anyway, like I said, you can find those, some of those on the YouTube channel already. I'll get the rest of them uploaded one of these days. But it's a fun look at down memory lane. Uh, anything else, Cody? Before we move on? No, I think we're ready to go and uh, talk about some <laughs> some polarizing movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on to reviews. Here are this week's reviews. First up, we have old. Everything's going to be okay. What's your name? I'm Trent. This is my sister, Maddox. How old are you guys? I'll guess. I'm good at this. <laughs> You're 11, right, Trent? I'm 6. No. Really, are you 10, 11? He's not lying. He's 6. I'm specifically 6 and a quarter. She's 11. They're feeling unsafe. There is a lot going on here. They're playing with us. Let's leave it. Have you seen my children? <laughs> is, is everyone trying to play a joke on us? What? Aren't these your children? I'm right here, Mom. This is the latest film from, um, at one time, uh, revolutionary director, M, writer and director, M. Night Shyamalan, um, who, of course, has in the past fallen off and, and I think he he's kind of revived his career a little bit with split and um, uh, glass, whatever you thought of those movies. Um, I liked split more than I liked glass and I didn't really like split all that much anyway. Uh, but yeah. this is the latest uh, sort of back to the formula. He he's no, a little more known for sort of the unexplained uh, phenomena thriller. Um, Cody, <laughs> We've talked about this one quite a bit already, but Cody, tell us about old and what you thought of it. Yeah, so I mean, I think there's no secret. It's no secret that Sh- that Shyamalan has had like one of the more interesting, uh, like falls from grace kind of careers, and that you know when the Sixth Sense came out, like he was on top of the world. Like like somebody posted this. Um, I don't remember what magazine it was, but it was like touting him as the next Spielberg, right? After mm-hmm. the Sixth Sense came out, and, there's a lot of uh, Hitchcock talk too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and um, and almost immediately that went away. You know, um, you know, Unbreakable. Uh, was, it took it took a little while for it to go away. It didn't I really mean, all go away until like the happening. Yes, but also. But also, you know, he started getting panned very, you know, not like five years after that. So, you know, it's, you know, Unbreakable was super polarizing, but I know a lot of people who really like that movie. Signs, I think, was pretty solid. Um, but then, like, starting with The Village and then Lady in the Water and then The Happening and then um, and then just crashing and burning with, you know, like After Earth and The Last Airbender. So um, it's been an interesting career, and he has had somewhat of a resurgence. Um and I think in large part because I, I, you know, I think what he found was that he started, I believe he started like financing his own movies completely and, um, and then they started making money and now suddenly he's got a career back even though, and it's strange because he was never like truly <laughs> in director jail, even though he probably should have been, you know, the, the longest he's gone without making a movie is like three years. So, um, 
The yeah, one-two so, punch of After Earth and and the Last Airbender were pretty massive. Um, I think that's as close as he got because those were two that were like for hire, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they weren't yeah. his projects. Yeah, so you know, with with old, you get um, you know, I'm, I'm sure people by now have seen the trailer of this this. I don't know. It's, it's, for, for me, from the get-go, this movie seemed bad. Like, I mean, I think the, the, the trailer is not the greatest mixed in with the movie is called old. Like, it's just, it just seems, it just seems like it doesn't inspire confidence. I don't think anything about it. And, um, and so you get a movie where uh, this family goes on to this island, um, and then they run into some other people on the island, and then um, they notice that the children start aging rapidly and then uh, and then eventually everyone starts aging rapidly and they can't figure out why um so uh, the uh this movie is is strange in that it it is very oddly paced like it feels like Shyamalan was like doing coke writing the script because it seems <laughs> to like bounce around so like I don't know if you felt this too but the first like hour of this movie is just like ping-ponging back and forth between scenes the editing is really poor. This the scenes just kind of blur and blend together. I don't know if it's intentional. Like I maybe it's intentional I, to start. I feel like it. I feel like it's intentional in a in a way to like make it off putting. Is really right. the only solution. I uh, really the only like reason I think that is, because it, it's like you get a lot of um, like shots of people like really low in the frame or like just out of the like just like you know they're just on the edge of the frame or like you know there's a lot of panning and like swirling yeah um but, but that's but the you, to, to my in my opinion that's the least of the problems but yeah it, but but again it just keeps on like bouncing around to these different characters and then like slowly but surely the whole thing becomes unraveled and then you know you get your you know your talented young actors um and and really <laughs> do them a disservice by making Thomas and McKenzie and uh, <laughs> and Alex Wolf act like children um, you know, that they're, they're scene, supposed to be, go ahead. In the, the scene, the scene we just watched, like it, that's not Alex Wolf. He comes in later, mm-hmm. but Thomas and McKenzie is already has a very childlike voice, mm-hmm. but they talk like, they talk like fucking morons in that scene. Yeah. Well, anyway. I mean, everyone in the movie is a moron. <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's one of the calling cards of the movie is that, look, I mean, I think Shyamalan is, is sort of not known for being a great writer, um, and I think it shows here and there's just a lot of really stilted, stupid dialogue and, you know, the characters are very one dimensional um, and, and it, the more this thing kind of descends into chaos, I think the more ridiculous it starts getting um, and, and, and also the rules of what's going on don't seem to make much sense and um, and it sort of follows this really uninteresting pattern of like um like everything just sort of like again like i said devolves and and and, and i just wish that the, the characters were interesting on any level um I, it, but it i was just having a really bad time with it um and i thought that it was very dumb and like i said the, the script just you know just keeps bouncing around and it's and it's and the dialogue is terrible but the one thing i will say about it is that and I, it's it's you. It's not really fair to call it a twist. It's more of like a plot point. You figure out like what's yeah. happening at some point, um, and you do get answers. And the idea behind everything is not terrible. Like it's it's actually 
kind of a good idea, but it's almost as if Shyamalan came up with this idea and then built a movie around it, and that movie was really bad. Like, you know, and it's a very half-cooked idea that's not given nearly enough time. I mean, it's literally the last, like, 10 minutes of the movie is where, like, just the, the, the dump of everything that's going on is revealed, and you see the consequences of it. And, um, you know, again, it, it's like a half-baked idea, and then he builds a movie that's real shitty around it. So um, I, I thought that this was, like, really bad. <laughs> well, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I, when it got to the, you know, it's, everyone expects a Shyamalan film to have a twist, whether fairly or unfairly, he's really painted himself into that corner. Um, you know, I don't, I don't agree. I agree with you that it's not a twist. It's just the answer to the movie. Like, it's just, this is what the, this is what's happening. Um, and I actually, at that point, I, I liked it. I liked what was happening then. Everything before it, just about every single thing before it, is an exercise in some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard <laughs> coming from ostensibly a major motion picture. Like, this is not an independent film. This is a universal film. Um, you know, Shyamalan is back, so to speak. You know, he doesn't quite command the same respect that he did uh, with, you know, after the, especially after the, the, the Sixth Sense and Signs. I think those are his two that people are, find pretty unassailable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as big a fan of Signs as some people are. I mean, I didn't hate, I didn't hate Unbreakable. Um, but this is, like you said, everyone in this movie is a fucking moron. <laughs> and talks like a moron. So, like that scene we we played the clip of. You've got um, uh, you know, the two characters, Ken Lung and um, I forget the woman's name. Their husband and wife, and they're talking like they're the you know the kids that start the film at like eleven years old. The girl is eleven years old, and the boy is six years old. They're clearly bigger, like. You, you you know the premise of the movie going in, and they're clearly, like, growing. But the movie treats it as, like, a reveal that that doesn't, like, it's very unsuccessful. It's because, so drawn out, too. Look, they're on a fucking beach. Like, it, it's there's a, a, a beach, like, an open beach with no shelter, with rocks on either side. So you'd be able to automate, like, you'd look over, like, oh, fuck, my six-year-old son looks like he's 13 now and my 11-year-old daughter is a you know a grown woman and like <laughs> you know the movie you know takes forever to show that <laughs> and then when you finally see it the, the the characters take forever to even acknowledge what the fuck is happening dude i'm that, like I they're getting old <laughs> like they're clearly aging it's clearly what's happening like there's you know nothing else to this What's really funny about that is that I had that same thought where, like, Vicky Crepes, the one who's the who plays the mom of the kids, like five times is like they're having an allergic reaction. Like, what are you <laughs> yeah, talking no. about? They're aging. Like, like you think that you think that they're having a reaction to something and it's causing them to get taller <laughs> and their and faces like, to change, grow, <laughs> and like 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 develop into adults. Like they have adult <laughs> bodies. Like. Like, because so the, the 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 daughter, um, 
it, it's a, a younger actress. I think Alexa Swinton is her name. It's just some someone who's I, I haven't I'm not sure what she's been in. But then she turns into like her first age progression is Thomas and McKenzie, who you know from um, you know Jojo Rabbit. Um, is also um, they played the trailer for Last Night in Soho before mm-hmm. that before we saw the film, which is obviously doesn't come out yet. But she's uh, for whatever reason. That character stays as Thomas and McKenzie for most of the movie until she becomes like a middle-aged woman eventually. The son ages like twice and for, goes from like being 13 to like, I guess, 18. I don't know. That At, at which point, Alex Wolf starts playing the character who has to act like a complete dipshit. <laughs> like it's so terribly embarrassing it's it, Eliza Scanlon also plays is like another woman. Uh, uh, she sorry from Little Women who plays uh, like another couple's daughter, and they they just act like complete morons, and like you, no, it takes forever for anyone to to realize what's happening. Then there's a reveal, and I don't know how this went over in the theater where you saw it. There's a reveal, uh, af- uh of the first time we you get a good look at Alex Wolf. And Eliza Scanlon as these two characters, mm-hmm. they come walking out of a tent toward the rest of the the group. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The reveal of what has happened, and I, should we spoil it? I don't know. It's, it's I think I feel like okay, she's pregnant. Yeah, they they had sex as mentally six year olds. <laughs> she got pregnant, and she's like full term pregnancy. But and she, but she thinks she and, just ate a lot. If you listen to her, I mean, and it's so fucking stupid. It's so dumb. It's uh. all so stupid. And I mean, it, the the dude sitting next to me. We saw this at the draft house. The dude sitting next to me went fucking wild when this happened. He went like like full like Chris D'Elia, like yo, like I mean, he was just <laughs> real dumb. But <laughs> we laughed so much. There's another scene too, where. Um, um, Vicky. What was her name? Vicky Crispy. Uh, did I say that right? Crepes. I forget. Crepes. Sorry, crisp. Anyway, um, for whatever reason, by the way, the the mother is European and the father is Gail Garcia Bernal, who's Mexican, and the kids are just Americans for whatever reason. And they live in Philadelphia. <laughs> they live in Philadelphia. Oh, so Gail Garcia Bernal plays an actuary. <laughs> mentions that no more than like. <laughs> 30 times in the movie <laughs> there's another scene where vicky vicky crepes has a the the whole the whole uh, like she has a tumor at some point like that's part of like some health scare so because they're aging rapidly the tumor starts growing rapidly um rufus sewell plays this doctor who's a maniac but they end up doing emergency surgery on the beach having to hold her skin open like she's Wolverine because it's healing too fast and they yank this tumor out (laughs) and she wakes up and Gail Garcia Bernal says something like we got the tumor and the whole (laughs) the whole theater just erupted in laughter because it (laughs) sounded so stupid but that's that's the whole problem with this thing is that every bit of dialogue is is so dumb and these characters are so dumb like they yeah. they have they have no concept of what, like clearly you're getting old clearly they're aging um there's a who's the woman that plays uh the kind of trophy wife of Rufus Sewell oh there's a um, 
she has this Abby Lee. She has this body horror thing that goes on. And at one point she's aging and she has like a calcium deficiency or something. And again, she mentions that no more, no less than like eight times. And there's a scene where she notices like her back is hump, like she's getting a hump back or something. Mm-hmm. And she just bellows, my calcium. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's, it's so laughably stupid and bad that it doesn't like, it, it takes any kind of, like suspense or or seriousness out of it and just throws it to the ground like a wet fucking thud yeah and by the way i should we should i mean i'm gonna say god bless rufus sewell for giving the most committed (laughs) performance of the movie like uh he's he's trying out there oh yeah i mean it's he's he does some of the (laughs) the stupidest stuff um also um (laughs) the uh one of my favorite things and like people that clearly don't know rap music stop <laughs> trying to give rappers fictional it's like trying to give <laughs> fictional rappers names because there's a character in here uh who is um uh like he, he's the first guy they meet on the beach and he's a i guess a rap like that like the daughter recognizes him as a rapper and she goes dad that's mid-sized sedan <laughs> His name is Midsize Sedan, and that's how he introduces himself. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I saw I saw someone uh, say this on uh, on Twitter, so it's not my original thought. But someone pointed out that the conversation that happened between Thomas and McKenzie and that actor that plays Midsize Sedan on the beach, they were like, "I watched that, and not a word of that conversation makes any sense." So like, like nothing that's being said, like what they're talking about. The connection that they're having just oh, makes yeah. no sense. I don't. I don't remember what it was, but it was like nonsense. Yeah, it's it's the whole thing is just nonsense. It's it's and, and the, it's and and you know what? I think when you when we talk about these movies, um, there's always that kind of like bad move, like so bad it's good kind of thing that you can you know sometimes extract something fun out of a bad movie. It doesn't make it better, but it makes the experience like a little bit more tolerable i to me i was not enjoying it i was becoming frustrated by it so we're laughing about it now but i i think that it's it's funnier like out of the context of sitting there being subjected to it in the theater so yeah you know it it is because it's a it's 108 minutes long it feels way longer than 108 minutes because you've got so much time of these characters just willfully not knowing what's happening and it's frustrating because it's clear what's happening and then when it starts to happen like nothing seems to happen at the same rate Mm -hmm. because like the 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 movie states like oh we're going to age 50 years in in a day but like gail garcia burnout like never really looks any different like rufus sewell i don't think changes at all Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't look any different, you know. The kids grow up, but then, like, like I said, Thomas and McKenzie plays the character from like, I assume, like, like fourteen to thirty. I don't know. Um, like, I, and then Alex Wolf has just the worst line deliveries in the whole thing. I mean, it's so terrible. Yeah. It's so bad. Um, but yeah, and then when you get to the like the end, like the reason why it's happening. Like it's actually kind of interesting, yeah. Um, but the whole by then, 
and like like by then and there's one one moment that seals the whole thing for me that's like there's no redemption at all for this movie and that's the 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 scene with Abby Lee like when you learn her final fate mm-hmm. it's so ridiculous and comedic that it it extracts any sort of drama any sort of compassion from the whole thing it's just like this movie fucking sucks um at that point it's like there's no there's no getting around it by the time you get to that end you're like well this was a good plot reveal but it the rest of this movie sucks so bad yeah anyway what's your grade for old cody i am giving old a uh, a d um it's uh for me it's just it's just uh unwatchably bad and like i said there is a good idea in here but it's like an hour and a half too late yeah uh i'm gonna agree with you a d i was gonna give it the gentleman's f until that final little section where i'm like well shit this was good this is a good idea why is the rest of this movie so stupid it's it's almost like it's it's again like i don't i don't and i I don't mean to like slam Shyamalan here but i kind of do it's that I don't know that he's smart enough or good enough of a writer to pull off a movie around the idea t- this is based on. Like I, I, there is there is an idea there that could lead to a good movie, but that's not what we get. Well, yeah, and you know, uh, this is an, another problem. It happens with it usually happens with like long-running TV shows like uh Westworld for example. Like I don't know if you ever watched the first season of Westworld, but there's like a twist in it at the end where like, but like everyone picked up on it right away. And that's the problem that this movie has is that the, the, one of the problems this movie has is that the movie expects you not to realize what's happening until the characters do. And you're like, well, no, no. Like, first of all, we know the movie is called old and we've seen the trailer, but even then, like you said, the mother reacts like, oh, they're having an allergic reaction and whatever. Like, it's all fucking stupid. Like, you can... Why don't you just... Why Why is that this drawn-out thing? Yeah. That's what... It really just destroys the movie. And I think that the dialogue is so weak that it just ruins any kind of... Any kind of momentum this movie would have had getting into that final... Excuse me, that final act. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and move on to our next movie, Snake Eyes. I looked into your eyes and I saw honor. I owe you. We are going home. I don't have a home. Not yours. Mine. What is it exactly you do? For 600 years, our ninja have brought peace to the world. But things have changed. I need warriors like you to become the future of the clan. It's yours, if you want it. Let's go. This is uh, the third live-action G.I. Joe movie. As you saw in the trailer, um, some reviewer calls it the best G.I. Joe movie yet. Not a not a, a high bar to clear because uh, if you did you ever see the the fir- the other two GI Joe movies? There's GI Joe Retaliation. I'm sorry, GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra, uh, which starred Channing Tatum um, and uh, who else was in that? Uh, oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, 
Sienna, Sienna Miller. Um, then there was uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation, which was like a soft sort of reboot of that franchise that had The Rock as in a, in a like the lead role. Um, I think that one's worse than the 2009 one. And the 2009 one isn't a good movie. Um, so here we are uh, eight years later uh, with uh, G.I. Joe, uh, excuse me, Snake Eyes, uh, G.I. Joe Origins, something like that. Um, now with the uh, lead character, instead of back then, those two movies, the character was silent, mostly played by stuntman Ray Park. Um, but this is um, full frontal uh, Henry Golding. Uh, what did you think, Cody? It's a, it's I mean, not not this phrasing. time. <laughs> You're seeing his face the whole time. Cody, tell us about Snake Eyes and what you thought of it. Yeah, so I, I think it's important to point out um, is that my understanding is that this is a reboot because there's new actors in, Correct. in playing similar or the same characters from the first couple of movies, right? Right. You're getting, um, uh, yeah, in uh, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, you had uh, uh, Ling Bien Hung as um, Storm Shadow. In this, you have, um, um, crap, I'm forgetting his name already. Andrew um, Koji? Andrew Koji, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, that's probably the biggest one right off the bat. You also had a different, you had, uh, Sienna Miller playing the Baroness. You have, uh, someone uh, else Ursa, playing that Ursula Corbera leaving part. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if Scarlet was in the original one. She was, I, I checked it on, uh, on the old I Wikipedia. Pl- I don't remember who played her. It was, uh, oh, it was Rachel uh, Nichols, Rachel Nichols. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, so coming into this movie, I have no experience with the G.I. Joe movies. Um, I, I just skipped them when I saw that they were bad and I didn't have to see them. Um, <laughs> so I, I came in kind of cold on this whole mythology and everything. And uh, this movie is very, very strange to me, um, you know, because it is it is a, like almost like an entirely straight up like martial arts movie in a way not mm-hmm. and it's and it's sort of like martial arts with added like guns and stuff it's it's so like it's like that action movie but there is like a martial arts element to it it's like a yakuza movie mostly right like a yakuza right. movie with uh yeah and i and i don't i don't mind henry golding in the part um i think henry golding's a good actor i i think that the story is um is okay i i I can one thing i will say about it i wasn't ever bored in the movie which is i think Mm -hmm. a testament to it being at least entertaining but um the movie gets bogged down in a couple of different areas in my opinion i think the first one is that snake eyes as a character is like like almost overwhelmingly morally ambiguous where um where you you sent this you said this to me in a text but like he's kind of a dick like and <laughs> in, in, in throughout a lot of the movie and um and for me I was having a really hard time understanding character motivations because they seem to be changing scene to scene where like certain like especially the character of Snake Eyes like does something terrible and then just like changes his mind and and everyone else is cool with it after that like in that final act of the movie. Um, you know, so the, the character motivations are strange. Um, and I think the other piece of it that's, that's weird to me is that in no way does this feel like a GI Joe movie. Um, (laughs) because the, the first hour of it, there's no mention of anything until Samara Weaving shows up and you get a little bit of exposition dump of the, of the connection to GI Joe and Cobra and all this other shit. 
and then Samara Weaving disappears for half an hour, and like she and she doesn't come back for another half hour. I'm like, where is she? Like, what is happening here? Yeah, like her, um, her last line before disappearing is like, "I'll be on my way. I'm on my way to Tokyo. I'll be there as soon as I can." And like, yeah, it's like she. It's like a real time flight to Tokyo. It's like, oh, she's. <laughs> it's twelve hours. Like, I mean. I, I was looking at my phone. It's literally 30 minutes until she shows up again. And she doesn't show up an, until an hour into the movie. Um, yeah. So for me, I was I, I don't think that it, it really successfully connects this to the lore of G.I. Joe. Because, I mean, I think it feels like a G.I. Joe adjacent thing for all of like 20 minutes, maybe. Um, and so the whole thing is just a little bit baffling to me. Now... Um, like I said, I think that it's entertaining enough. I don't think that it's terrible, um, but it's just very, very weird. And it's, um, and I think it's just a little bit underwritten. I mean, I think, you know, like I said, story-wise, I think there's enough to give that character motivation, but it, it's, 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 his motivation seems to be like, uh, on a spectrum rather than just being like directly, um, going for something or having his allegiance or alliances like allegiances and alliances change um, and it just feels a little bit like convenient for whatever they're trying to pull off um, action scenes vary I mean I think there's some ugly looking stuff with a lot of you know shaky camera for effect stuff and then you have you know um, you know anytime I see um, eco Uways show up who um, who <laughs> yeah. plays? Who his is a hard. Master. He has a very pornographic name of Hardmaster. Um, but um, he's like the main actor in the Raid movies. Um, uh, so I'm always excited to see him show up. But um, you know, you get some some stuff with that. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, I was just I found my. And I think maybe because I went in cold and I don't know anything about GI Joe in general, I was just confused by the whole experience. So, okay. So I'm 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 of the GI Joe age, obviously. Um, there's not from from my understanding and from from the exposure I've had to it, and I didn't read the GI Joe comic books, which is where a lot of the the super fans take their lore from. A writer named Larry Hama um, is is the guy who's responsible for like writing all the little bios on the back of the the. Um, the action figures if you ever came across one of those and he wrote the comic book for years snake eyes was always sort of a a mysterious character like his origins were not from what i understand were not like set in stone um it was uh like he was a commando like the the only real connection that the movie has with the lore that i'm familiar with is the idea that he and storm shadow were close and then they get blown apart like drifted apart however the way this movie is laid out everything about that rift is entirely snake eyes fault like it's mm-hmm. entirely on him um you know because the the idea the so the action scenes there are some some really good ones i i really love the the kind of first escape that he that snake eyes and and the storm shadow character have the the way the truck ends up just full, like the pin cushioned with swords it's That's a really great scene it looks really cool um but at that point is when the the motivation of the snake eyes character gets murky because you're you're you have these like crosses and double crosses and then um and i told you i i described it to you like this and a, another friend of mine that 
like an hour into the movie, you get this just heaping dollop of G.I. Joe shit just thrown on top of it out of nowhere, um, which is the only real connection to G.I. Joe um, with Samara weaving. And then, you know, Baroness is the the kind of liaison for Cobra, but you don't get any of the, the lore that comes with it. Um, and then uh, until the very end, you get a little bit of stuff like the trailer the, or the clip that we play from the trailer like you don't see snake eyes in that full the the familiar uniform until the like the last shot of the film like yeah. he doesn't become that that characterization of it and snake eyes never talked like that was the one of the, the things too like he was silent um for whatever reason some sort of penance i assume but anyway um you know the the con- i i as a standalone movie i think it's fine but connected to G.I. Joe, right now it feels like like they don't know what they want to do with the franchise. Mm-hmm. So they made this thing that's very, like, it's the origin of Snake Eyes, and it's probably the easiest way to go because he's one of the most popular characters. Um, and they have this very faint connection to G.I. Joe because they don't really have an idea of what they want to do with that franchise yet. Like, the, the property is... It's dormant right now when it comes to filmmaking because the first two flamed out. So they've got this back door in however they want to do it. But I don't know that that it successfully ties the two together well because it just sort of like like Samara Weaving just sort of shows up and helps fight. And then there's some weird like supernatural elements to this too that really come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all of a sudden like giant snakes and then... Uh, like a, a powerful stone. Like it doesn't fit with the rest of the aesthetic. I, and even even the rest of the G.I. Joe, like the original G.I. Joe aesthetic, which was like futuristic military military stuff. Yeah, and I think that it has some, you know, even though it's never boring, it does have some odd pacing stuff too. Cause mm-hmm. I there's one there's one section of the movie where like uh where Snake Eyes goes on like a motorcycle ride and does something and then the very next scene, he's taking like one of those one of his tests that he's supposed to do, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like, yeah, I yeah, forgot he's doing these tests. He's got um, three tests. It, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a just a strange, strange experience for I me. I do have to say, it really looks gorgeous at times. Like, I, I don't know how much they really shot in Tokyo, but there's a lot of great, uh, very Tokyo esque images, like probably on a soundstage, but. Like there's some parts that like it's clearly really Tokyo and it's it's there's really great looking stuff. It's such a confusing movie at times because it, it's it's good enough, but it just doesn't ever quite feel like it's going to be anything bigger than it is. Yeah, well, and if it wants to launch the character of Snake Eyes and try to reboot the franchise, it is weird to make him that morally ambiguous as mm-hmm. it does here, where you don't really know what side he's on other than his own for mm-hmm. for a good chunk of the movie. And also, I don't think that it necessarily... Like, I think it does a little bit of disservice in the way that it introduces the, the clan of the movie because I think that it, it, it gives, like, this confusing... Like, are they... Where do they side on this thing? Like, are they good or bad? Because they're... It's almost seemingly like they're presented as bad and then suddenly they're good and then... Yeah, know, I, it's just weird 
because yeah, I I'm like I, I didn't know where they stood, and then when they're like buddies with GI Joe, I'm like, oh, so they're the good guys. Mm-hmm. And so wait, how is Storm Shadow going to end up as the villain? Because that's his ultimate fate. Like if you know anything, like that's what we're seeing set into motion here. Um, yeah, I mean it's I don't dislike it. It's just it's I, I'm confused about it as an origin story for gi joe because that's i mean it it, as much as it isn't about gi joe it leaves that it leaves you with a like okay gi joe is next sort of feeling Mm -hmm. anyway what's your grade for snake eyes (sighs) this is tough i think i'm gonna ultimately give it a c plus like i said i don't think it's terrible i think it's watchable and i think there's some good stuff about it but it doesn't come together and so I can't recommend it. Yeah, um, you know, I um, I'm going to give it a B minus. I, I think it's good enough and enjoyable enough. I, I wish it were more confident in its connection to GI Joe. And it's it's one of those things that that I think um, we've talked about before with like the Transformers movies. Like they just don't have the the for whatever reason these Hasbro properties they don't have the balls to go like like full Marvel. And just make it as comic booky as they can, or as I guess in this case, toy liney as they can. Like it's got to be semi serious. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't get it. I mean, at least it's not a Transformers movie. I mean, I'll say that. And at least <laughs> it's not the Stephen Summers GI Joe movie. Um, and, I, and also, like this feels like it should have just this. This should have been on Paramount Plus. It like will be in the, 45 days. 45 days. But yeah, I feel like I think it bombed at the box office, as you told me, mm-hmm. like 13 million, which yeah. isn't great. Uh, no, it was, for the future. At, it was budgeted at somewhere between 88 and 110 million. So, but I mean, you know, we are in the thick of another COVID outbreak. So who knows? But it feels like what, this now? probably, this, oh, you didn't hear COVID's back, sort of. Mm. It's not over. I know oh, that man. you haven't been vaxxed and you're you're you don't want the Fauci ouchie, but uh Well now now <laughs> that you know Sarah Huckabee Sanders said that she got the Trump vaccine and, and it's okay, so I think I might take that step. Okay. Well uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh anyway. Uh, that's gonna do it for this week. Next week, what do we have, Cody? Well, we got a trio of films coming out uh next week. We have uh Jungle Cruise Oh uh, yeah, the, the Disney movie based on a ride. Um, so trying to follow follow in the footsteps of Pirates of the Caribbean. There, uh, and they're still out. trying yeah. to do that. Still trying yeah. to do that all these years later. Um, and I think you had you... mentioned too that that part of the 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 idea behind that ride it was that it was sort of like fourth wall breaking, right? Um, yeah, it's very corny, but like, it, it's, it's not right. Yeah, it's not presented as like a it's not presented as reality. It's presented I mean it's presented that these these fake animals are real, but it's not presented as like a serious cruise through the jungle. Gotcha. Like the the whole there's a like whenever the trailer first came out like a year ago, like the whole backside of the waterfall thing, that's part of the the ride. Okay, yeah. Anyway. Um so we also have uh the Green Knight. Uh oh, yeah. the Arthurian uh, Tale, um, directed by David Lowry. And then we have uh, the new film starring Matt Damon, Stillwater. 
Yes, I've been seeing a lot about that. I, um, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm looking forward to uh, um, the Jungle Cruise. Hopefully, it's fun. I don't know. I'm. I think it's the last Disney Plus premiere release that's on the on the docket. Um, I don't believe. I don't. Uh, I, don't I think. By the way, we saw a trailer for. Uh, we saw old last night. We saw a trailer for Shang Chi. They need to get a better trailer editor because that's a terrible trailer. That's that has yeah. none of the Marvel magic in it. But that's mm-hmm. the one I'm. I'm. We've talked about this a thousand times, but I'm curious how that one plays. Um, It'll be interesting when it's released. For sure. Anyway, uh, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. You can find us on Twitter at Cinesnob, Facebook, Cinesnob.net, YouTube.com slash Cinesnob. You can watch those classic videos of our Flickr footnotes days um, when we had less hair and um, stood in front of a green screen. and Those yeah. those those seats, you remember those seats that were there? Mm-hmm. They, I, I assume they're still there. Like someone kept telling me, like, "Oh, you get you get your seats." Like they're not mine; they belong to Santicos. <laughs> what are you? I don't have anywhere to, do to put those? them. <laughs> I don't know, but I we we at the time the show was sponsored by Santicos. It was like part of a sponsorship deal. Oh, okay. Um, and I asked them one day because we had I had a different setup that I that I liked, but it was too much work. Um, I asked them for some theater seats, and they're like, "Yeah, sure, we'll build you some." And they literally brought like five theater seats on platforms, like carpeted platforms there. Um, and I, to my knowledge, they're still at the WAI building downtown. So, God bless them. Anyway, they're, they're, they're like probably like three iterations of theater seats ago. They're like oh, bright yeah. blue. They're old. Yeah. Uh, old. All right. M. Night old. Ah, starring. Uh, bunch of dumb people uh anything else before we go cody uh nope just subscribe to us on youtube um rate and review the podcast uh on apple Podcasts and wherever you get podcasts and uh we'll be back next week i I think we're both seeing or at least we have access to jungle cruise starting tomorrow so um is it coming tomorrow yeah yeah screener wise Mm -hmm. how do you feel about going back to the theater right now i've been enjoying it but i've been very strategically trying to um like pick when I go. I think the busiest one, the busiest theater I've seen was when I went to Bo Burnham Inside uh, on Thursday. Oh, yeah. which, How was uh, that? It was interesting. Like I, 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 I'm glad that I saw it in a theater. It's it, the one thing I noticed is that Bo is giant, and I think it really comes across <laughs> on the theater screen um, versus like being on a TV. But uh, it was interesting to see the audience reaction because the audience did not react like overtly. Like there wasn't a ton of like uproarious laughter or anything like that and there's some really funny stuff in there but um yeah I've, i found that to be super interesting so hmm. yeah i got your poster for you cody so thank you i'll have to get that to you all right on that note i'm jared kingery i'm cody Viafania. thank you for listening to the cine snob podcast to read reviews interviews and more visit cinesnob.net see you next week